You are listening to the MJ Sportscast. Recapping the latest games, getting you up to date on the latest sports news, and providing our exciting Bay Area picks. This is the MJ Sportscast with your hosts, Mike Tang and Jerry Yang. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here. We are back again on the podcast streets with my host, Jerry Yang. My name is Mike Tang. Jerry, how are you doing this uh, nice Tuesday afternoon here? Well, Tuesday afternoon, it's, uh, you know, two days after a huge win is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty exciting every time your Bay Area team wins a playoff game um, here. It just means that you're on to the next round. You know, I was checking the Super Bowl odds and who who's favorite to win it all, and it's actually the Green Bay Packers by a pretty good margin. Wow, really? Um, the Packers? Over, yeah, they're, they're a big uh, – they're pretty big Super Bowl favorites to win it all over the Kansas City Chiefs at this point um, here. So, hmm. you know, we, we have a lot – we have a lot to handle, you know, this coming Saturday. So – it's going to be kind of interesting to see how the week progresses, um, how Nick Bosa is going to do uh, throughout the concussion protocol here. It looks mm. like Fred Warner is going to be able to play. Um, luckily, it was just a lower ankle sprain here, but we can definitely talk more into those kind of details later in the show. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, maybe we can recap the Cowboys game because that was quite the exciting game. <laughs> so maybe I can start off with some of the highlights I saw, right? So I thought the defense played great overall. Had a first half that was solid. You know, obviously, we won, right? So that's like, the, to me, the biggest highlight. And I thought Debo handling um, Micah Parsons was huge, right? Because Micah Parsons was on a mission trying to stop Debo from all his runs. And a few times, I think Michael Parsons was successful in stopping Debo from his long runs, but Debo still ended up getting a touchdown. We looked like a pretty dominant team. But some of the lowlights, man, like the special teams, costly again, that fake punt. Like, how did we fall for that fake punt, Mike? <laughs> I mean, what did you think about that? That was horrible, wasn't it? I mean, let's start off with that. What do you think about the fake punt then? basically cost us a down or cost us a possession, you know? I think it cost us about three points overall there. And luckily, no, no, we game... punt- well, we ended up punting it, right? So it didn't really cost us point per se, but I felt like that was like a turnover, you know, because they did get a first down and then was able to keep their drive alive, right? Oh, okay. I thought they ended up actually scoring a scoring something out of that. Um, there it was the roughing the kicker call that um, yeah, the Niners ended up getting a three and out there. But I think with that's the right. fake punt, um, oh, okay. the Cowboys ended up getting a field goal. I might okay, be mistaken, yeah. but that's that. That yeah, was what I right. thought. I think I mixed yeah. it up. Then. Yeah, I think. Right. Um, I think the the fake punt was okay there. Um, it's very easy to to not play that, but I think the the thing that you can really control is the roughing the kicker part. Right. That's something that that's kind of drilled, you know, throughout all season with the special mm-hmm. teams uh, unit. And I think the special teams coach is probably going to get canned after this season. To be Hightower, huh? You don't think Hightower would survive the season, though? <laughs> I don't know if he does. I think this has been yeah. a pretty disastrous um, special teams 
um, game. Or it's been a disastrous season for special teams. Season, yeah, yeah, right. Um, You know, you've had you you had like you know Canyon in the beginning of this season bobbling, you know, kickoff returns, fumbling, (laughs) and it's just been it's just been very volatile. And Shanahan mentioned last week that you know he just he just doesn't want to lose a game in special teams, right? So he doesn't mess around with all the trick plays and all that because he wants to focus on you know playing you know, highly executed offense and winning the game that way. As opposed to Dallas, I think that they've kind of exerted a lot of their resources and a lot of their energy onto these trick plays, which, you know, it's not going to really work against a good team, but it might work against a mediocre team. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with you. And, you know, I think if you're resorting to trick plays, I think that's what happened with the Cardinals early too when they played the Rams. Um, it goes to show that you can't really beat the team any other way besides resorting to trick plays. You know, it, to me, it's kind of a desperation point. So, so I don't know, man. I think uh, I thought that was like a huge thing. You know, on special teams, I thought it would need to be called out. I think mean, Jimmy G, you know, had some bad throws, a lot of overthrows. It turns out he had like a grade one shoulder sprain. You know, so but it seems like he's good to go. And then that end of the game, maybe we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, the end of the game was really weird. <laughs> you know? Like, just, I think, from the Debo uh, re-spot, I think that was the first time where they did, like, a review of a spot and they got overturned and moved back. I don't think that's ever happened before. I think Ian Rappaport on KMBR mentioned that. That was one of the rare things that he saw across the league. Um, he's never really seen a respot like that, so that was really strange. And then the, when they tried to, you know, get the one yard with a direct snap, and then there was that whole offside penalty. It seems like Trent Williams didn't move, you know, but they still flagged him for it, which forced the punt. And then all of a sudden, there's that last, you know, Dak Prescott running down the middle and not being able to clocked the ball in time because he gave the ball to the center. I think that was really strange. You know, that that last, like, two minutes of the game felt like two hours to me. I mean, how did you how did you feel about that ending? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot to comprehend, right? And let's kind of um, dissect it play by play there. And yeah. um, I think the the one we want to go over first is the, the quarterback sneak. Um, there, I think the 49ers were trying to be a little bit too cute with Trent Williams and trying to move him to the other side of the line. Yeah. And the thing is, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't allow him to set his to, to kind of put, you know, uh, be, be set in position um, there. And he snapped the ball a little bit too early. So I thought that that call was right um, there. Um, the spot on the ball for Debo Samuels, um, you know, for third down run there, I thought they got it right, to be honest with you. But I think that the NFL, they need to do something about um, all this time off, you know, review, reviewing the play, you know, like it's, it's yeah. definitely, it makes the game so much hard to watch, right? That yeah. last two minutes ends up looking mm-hmm. like it's like 45 minutes. Right. And I agree with you. The spot was the right call. It was just weird when it was called, right? Cause I don't think that notoriously was anything that really gets challenged often or reviewed. You know, I think that's the problem is the fact that it was reviewed. I get it. It's kind of a big game and they're trying to review it, but it just didn't seem consistent with other games. That's what that's what the surprise was. Right. It wasn't the call itself because, you know, in video replay, I think they did spot it 
correctly there, you know. Um, but usually when you spot a ball, it's on a coach's challenge, not in the last two minutes, right? And last two minutes is usually a official review, and they don't really look at things like spot the ball there. So uh, I think that's where the weirdness came in. But yeah, I don't know. Let's break down the Dap Prescott thing. You know, that was lucky for us. But man, what'd you think of that? <laughs> you know, that was like the talk of town. I think them. Do you think the ref was in the wrong, or what do you think there? Well, I think the Cowboys, they put themselves in that position um, to be down by six points and not having any timeouts, you know, at the end of the game. That really hurt them the most um, there. Everyone wants to point out to the last play, but I can kind of see what the reasoning is behind it. But at the same time, when you have only 14 seconds to go, you can't really run an option to the middle. (laughs) Yeah. You you gotta you gotta have at least about 17, 18 seconds if you're gonna run about 15, 15 20 yards, mm-hmm. try to spike the ball, get everyone set. That's gonna take like seven, that's gonna take about 17, 18 seconds to do. And I think it was just really poor time management on everyone's end. Uh, both um with, with the head coach and also the quarterback has to be aware, you know, what's going on with both the time and where they are in the field. Did you right. did you agree with that? No, I do. I think um, it was strange of Dak to do that overall. <laughs> you know, it's just bad management, bad coaching. It was a designed run, right? So I don't think there was anything that he personally was, um, you know, that he did himself. And we have a comment from Jeannie that says it's a throwback to the index card. I agree. That was really referenced during the game, right? And we actually have a special guest joining our stream to talk more Niner ball. So we have Justin West here, Justin Wong from Justin West. Hey, I'm doing. Show. How hey. you doing, man? Not too bad, not too bad. I um, it's. I'm glad that we had an, an extra day for MLK to have a day to recover because that Sunday was it was a lot. <laughs> Same thing for you guys, right? Oh yeah, no kidding, no kidding. I like the Trey Lance jersey in the back, you know, like yeah, yeah, rocking yeah. it, you know, showing your commitment to the future. You know, <laughs> I am. So actually, a little bit of retail therapy therapy on my Friday. You know, I, I had my old white Patrick Willis jersey, but I've, I've been meaning to upgrade and get get something else. So I actually drove to Levi Stadium to the Niners store. I just wanted to kind oh. of get out, do something, little little splurge before the big game on Sunday, and so maybe. A little, little look, uh, good luck charm. I don't know. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Congrats. Looks good. Looks good. So, so yeah, we were just talking about the Cowboys game, kind of recapping it. What are your thoughts on it? Um, we touched upon uh, weirdness that happened at the end of the game. You know, we had a few comments come in about it. Um, what are your thoughts about it? Like, I guess a game overall, and then maybe focus a little bit on the ending as well, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, it was a tale of two halves. That first drive kind of reminded me of, how they uh, on Monday Night Football, you know, way early in the season against the Rams, how they did a convincing drive from start to finish, even against the Titans. That first drive really set the tone. Uh, Jimmy at the time looked flawless. Um, I've heard rumors now that you know his shoulder waned in the second quarter. That's why you saw what you saw in the second half. They just had to kind of stay. Bunch alive. of overthrows, yeah. <laughs> well, the first, uh, the fourth quarter pick, um, yeah. and so. You know, this, this game should have been a, a two-score, potentially a three-score sh- sort of victory. Um, but shout-out to special teams. Spe- shout-out to Jimmy Garoppolo. 
they always find a way to make things interesting and uh, <laughs> it does make you wonder. <laughs> right, right, right. No, totally, totally. So I guess, you know, we have a comment that came in. Um, What's up, G says, Dak gaining extra yards cost the Cowboys valuable seconds. If had slid in the 30, they could have clocked the ball and kicked the field goal. But the field goal wouldn't have won the game, though, right? I think uh, we were No, they were down six points. Yeah, I think that's what's huge, right? I think it was huge. A lot of people were clowning Shanahan for kicking a field goal on fourth and one at that one spot. But that put him up two two scores, right? Or or at least not a field goal to tie or whatever. So I think that was huge. But, yeah, what do you think of that ending, dude? You think Dax uh, made a big mistake there or what? (laughs) <laughs> you know, to be quite honest, um, it had that Niners Green Bay sort of feel, mm. 40 seconds, 37 seconds, because they were, uh, they gave up like four plays, 40 yards within, like, I don't know, like six, seven seconds. They did an awesome job. Dak Prescott and his receivers did, did an awesome job going out of bounds really quickly. And then you saw mm. the Niners adjust to obviously defend the sideline, and they tried to get a little cute with the run down the middle. Um but it, it was pretty scary. It was pretty scary. And I thought, you know, <laughs> when they're at the 50-45, that they're going to take at least two shots, you know. Uh, I did not expect that run. I did not expect that run. That run was crazy. I thought it was, uh, you know, especially when Dak Prescott gave it to the center and then also they boxed out the ref. And everyone's blaming the ref for not following Dax. So I'm like, that's not his job, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was like unfair to blame the ref. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because if you look at that replay, there the ref is standing at around the fifty-yard line before that play started. Right. So yeah. he has to run all the way down to like the twenty, right, <laughs> to get the ball and put the ball down. And by he that time, that, ball, that's a wasting about right? like five seconds already um, into and that play. You know, like the the vets that oh. Not all the vets, but you see like Larry Fitzgerald, for example, in, in hurry up offense, he gets the ball, he hands it to, to the ref, and they the run ref, down yeah. the line. Because those are the little things that matter. You're not going to um, – well, you're, you're certainly not going to have the center spot it, so you're going to have to have the ref do it for Christ's sake. Right? No, this is not backyard football. You know, you don't have, you don't have to spot the ball yourself. You know? yeah. Genius says that ref was uh, ran so hard to get there in time to set the ball. And he's yeah, like, oh, my God, let me just – and he like touched it really quick right like usually yeah. the refs are like looking whatever he just touched it real quick he was i think he was helping the cowboys so i thought it was unfair you know for cowboys to blame him but well yeah you, you know i guess game, Dak prescott was just like oh they threw trash at the refs he's like fine good for them yeah man. Oh. Like, come on dude like yeah. show some class you know come Both on <laughs> yeah. i guess so, uh, justin uh, we were talking about um, in the beginning of the show, the Packers are favored to win the Super Bowl over the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for the rest of the playoffs. Do you think the Niners have some sort of chance against the Packers here? You know, um, I mean, historically speaking, even going back to the Kaepernick days, I mean, the Niners had done well at Lambeau. Um, but I would, I will say, and it's really nice to have the number one seed is because they're well-rested and they're probably going to be the healthiest that they've ever been this season. They get their left tackle in Bakhtiari. They get their cornerback in Jair Alexander. They get their edge guy in Zadarius Smith. So, I mean, if there was a time for them to peak, I mean, that's that's pretty scary to think. Um, considering that the Niners, they, I think at the time they were on their third string offensive tackle and Bosa still didn't get much. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the Niners, they didn't really use Elijah Mitchell and Deepo Samuel in that matchup. Um, yeah. There's a couple things in terms of how that offense was back then to what the offense is now. 
So given that, I mean, it's at level. I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be really cold. It's going to be like eight degrees. But if there was a team that's built for the run and these tough sort of games, it would be the Niners. Yeah, I think the Packers secondary is a little bit suspect, right? I think that we can maybe exploit there, but that's not going to be our whole game plan, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's going to be, I think, a tough game. And we have a comment from What's Up G2. Packers basically have a two-week exactly. bye. The Niners had a short week. So definitely working against us. I'll be looking at the practice report for Nick Bosa. Bosa and Warner, that's right? Gonna be the, yeah, that's going to be the big thing. The two guys that can play, you know, or, or Joey Bosa as uh, one of the broadcasters. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, let me ask you this in terms of the injury reports, because this just kind of came up like the last couple days. It's, uh, yeah, Jimmy G and his shoulder. And now people are saying it might be worse than expected. I mean, I don't know if Kyle Shannon's doing some mind games again, but. Here we are, right? Don't you feel like it's a little bit of excuse playing after a while? I, I mean, mean, to me, it feels like it. But I know you pro- I'm not going to question the legitimacy of his injury, but it just uh, it just feels a little bit like, man, this is the reason why we're moving on from the guy. You know, it's like always an injury concern. <laughs> you know, he, he seems like one hit away from just going to the backup anyways. And thankfully, we have a guy like Trey Lance in the wings. Mm-hmm. to come in instead of C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, right? Like, any other year, if Jimmy goes down, the season's over, you know? So, yeah, I mean, the last yeah. time Fairland scored was uh, against Green Bay at um, Sunday Night Football, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then we have more comments. What's up, G again? Says, players play Rams to OT, and Dallas went to the last second. Both these games were on the road. Yeah, agreed. And then... Genius says, every time there's a significant mishap or loss, Jimmy always has an injury. Yeah, so I think Genie yeah. agrees with me. It seems awfully convenient, but, you know, what can you say? You can't really question an injury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just think Shanahan is going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo in this game, even if he has a spring shoulder and even if he can't really throw the ball. I just don't think he has any trust in Trey Lance this season. He has to run the ball 35-plus wow. times in this game. I think he's just gonna he's just gonna try to do that. Yeah, and uh, you know the good thing for the Niners that this year, or especially right now, is uh, the rushing attack is probably as good as it's gonna get. Whether it's Elijah, oh, I'm sorry, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. they haven't even given Jeff Wilson hasn't even gotten to carry like this past month. It's crazy. So. He's fresh. Yeah. He's fresh, he's right? <laughs> right. Well, all I can say is this, right? Like Trey Lance better prepare like he's gonna play, because um, there's a possibility he might be out there, right? So. You know, if I was him, I'll see it as a motivation to get ready. And I think secondly is the first time we played them in week three, I think the Niners' identity wasn't established, right? Like, Debo wasn't playing the way he was playing. Elijah Mitchell wasn't playing the way he was playing. The defense wasn't playing, right? So, and we almost won. That was a three-point upset game that happened in the last second. So, if we had a chance like that at home, and, you know, I know on the road, rest is a little bit different. I think well, I do like our chances in this game. I don't think it's a guarantee by any means, right? But you know, at least at least if we're gonna go out fighting, this is a team I'd rather go out fighting against. You know, against the best, supposedly the best to win all, right? Yeah, and I mean the Niners. I mean, just go back a couple of weeks. They were down zero seventeen on the road against LA, and here we are heading into Saturday Night Football. I, they certainly have the moxie, the um, the personnel, the the wherewithal with Kyle Shanahan to game plan a really good game against his uh, one of his former boys in Lafleur. So uh, yep, I'm yep, really excited. Yep. <laughs> That's true. And then okay, so I want to ask you about the Rams and 
the Cardinals game because you cover all of the NFC West on your podcast, right? That's right. So what happened to the Cardinals? Was this the real Cardinals or what? Like what 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 is going on with that team? You know, like how how did they like lay egg like that so badly against the Rams team, you know? I mean, they're they're chirping now. Two years ago they started, I don't know, six and zero, and then they ended the season eight and eight. This past season they started I mean, they started eight and zero. They were ten and two like a month ago, and then yeah. you saw the same outcome. Um, goes back to coaching, and goes back to Cliff Kingsbury, and you know, more importantly, um, you know, I know that last year that Murray was hurt, and you know, he wasn't quite the same in the second half. But I mean, did you see that pick six in the red zone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is some that, that, is, <laughs> that is some rookie stuff right there. And uh, I, it was funny because I was listening to or I was watching the game on the Manning cast, and then they had the rock on. And it was really like this motivational speech saying, don't worry, Kyler, you got to put you know, put it together, get it on track, and then he throws a pick six, and then uh, the rock is just like, well, damn. Um, <laughs> never mind. Wow. He managed to shut up the rock. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know? uh, it, it's, it's pretty frustrating, and I know that they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. I know that you know, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, they've been dealing with injuries the last couple of weeks. But um, I don't know, man. I saw on Twitter as well, like their last two first-round picks were off-ball linebackers. They were hardly in the game, whether it was mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons or Isaiah uh, uh, Collins. It, I mean, it's just things like that that kind of add up because they were so – once again, they looked so good early on in the season, and then they, you know, then they sweated. Petered out, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, not using draft picks, we kind of know how that works here in the Niners. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do so you think, yeah. Do you think this season and this latest playoff game has held um, Arizona back here in terms of what they want to really accomplish? Because they looked really promising last season, and they look to win the division this season here, but then they end up playing on the road in the NFC Wild Card game. And then you get them, then you get destroyed by one of your rivals here. Like, do you think, you know, do you think the head coach is to blame fully for this? Because, you know, this, this season has seat, just right? clearly yeah. deteriorated in front of their eyes. I mean, this is year three for Cliff Kingsbury. Um, very important. Um, even for Steve Kahn, he's gotten how many lives? Because not only did he draft Josh Rosen, he was able to get mm-hmm. another quarter quarterback in the the top five, let alone the top pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many chances you're going to give these guys. And to their credit, they've looked good. Um, they've looked great at times. They look like Super Bowl contenders the first half of the season. Uh, but then I guess, I guess it goes back to identity, um, mm-hmm. you know, running the football. They're, they, I, know, I know they use a lot of 10 personnel. Uh, it seems like they kind of go back and forth on, on these things, which is uh, it's not good, especially when you finish the, the second half of the season, you lose to the Lions, you beat the Cowboys, but then on a must-win game to win the division, you, I mean, you lose to the Seahawks. So, I mean, I like I, the Colts Seahawks are okay. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like the Colts losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Exactly. You know, that that was <laughs> a shocker as well in the last week of the season. But <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, Justin West, you want to promote your stuff, and then we'll bid for farewell to you. Um, for you know, sure. Yeah. Uh, appreciate your guys' time. So, Justin, uh, I, I run a pod, Just the West, covering the NFC West, which is obviously the Niners, the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Seahawks. 
Uh, also, I got my blog, www.justthewest.com. Uh, but you can check out my podcast on all outlets like Spotify and, and iTunes. Um, so, guys, I, I appreciate being on as always, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining. And, uh, yeah, have a good one, man. And uh, always love your insights. So, yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. For sure, right, Justin. All right, that was just the West. So, joining in, special guesting into our show for a little bit. So, I think we're pretty covered in terms of um, the Niners, right? So, maybe we can talk across the league. What do you think of the – well, we have one comment that we didn't cover, so let's do that. Green Bay doesn't cover tight ones, tight ends well. Look for Kittle to go up. Yeah, I think their secondary has been questionable all season. So what do you think, Mike? I think overall this is a pretty good matchup for San Francisco um, here. In that Green Bay matchup earlier in the season, our secondary was really a concern, but – that was the game in which Josh Norman left, right? He was coughing mm. off. He was coughing right. off blood, right, <laughs> at the end of that game. Mm. Um, Ambry Thomas was not available. He was inactive, and we had some like really third tier type cornerbacks playing in that in that game there. And I think our cornerback situation's a lot better, right? Ambry yeah. Thomas looks like a seasoned pro at this point, right? After a few games. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be closer than people think here, and it's going to be key that Nick Bosa comes back because we're really going to need that pass rush against Aaron Rodgers. Right, I agree. I think Avery Thomas is definitely his confidence is there. I'm seeing him spot the ball a lot more than doing panic PIs like what yeah. Josh Norman did. Right, so the E man has been really solid. I think. He might have gave up like I think one pass, but after that he was like really locked down. And I think we're gonna need guys to step up in the secondary, especially against um, you know, against what's his name, the Devonte Adams, right? I think that's gonna be a huge challenge there. Um, but he didn't really hurt us too badly. I think there was a last drive where he did. Um, so we're gonna have to watch out for that um, in key moments, you know. So. So yeah, I agree with you. Close game probably, but we'll see. We'll see our picks on who we take, you know. So I mean, looking at other playoff teams, so one thing I want to bring up on the show is that man, you know, there's so many blowout games. I think the Cowboy game and the Raiders game were really close, but everything else was a huge blowout, you know. I think this was kind of the fear and the argument against having an extra wild card game. Is because you're gonna have a lot of mismatches. I mean, did you see it that way? I I thought I before the playoffs started, I didn't think about that at all. But after seeing the results, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of hard to argue with that, right? A little bit. Um, Do you think it's and, bad for the sport having these blowout first round I think losses? So, man. I think Do you so, think it's demoralizing to the losing teams here, or it, are they happy to just make it? Right, like the Eagles, the Patriots. Are they just happy to make it and get blown out by 35, 40 points? You know what? A quarterback that's 0-1 in the playoffs is always better than 0-0, you know, because you have that experience and seasoning. But from a fan's perspective and entertainment perspective, <laughs> I thought it was kind of boring, to be honest with you, on some of these games. You know, I try to stay in with it, but, you know, it's it was kind of hard. You know, I think the, Cal- the Raiders game definitely captured my attention. I thought that was a great game against the Bengals, and that was – you know, also, I think the number six seed versus a third seed. And same with this Niner game, obviously. But even if I was not a Niners fan, I think this would capture my attention because the score was so close. And also a third seed against a sixth seed, right? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the other games, I thought it would, it would be a lot closer. But it just seems like one side just took it off, you know. And then what's up, G says, looking at this week's games, I'm calling all road team wins. Wow, I hope you're right. That'll be awesome. <laughs> They'll be uh, playing the Rams in the championship if that comes true, right? So well, that'll be cool. <laughs> I mean, that's that's asking for a lot, right? If you're gonna be a betting man, um, there, dude. Like, do you want to see the Rams again? I feel like at some point the streak's gonna end. I don't know. I almost ended last game because of the first half. Well, but... not getting too far ahead of ourselves. Out of all teams we want to face, is it, the Rams would probably be the number one team just because one, we're familiar with them. Two, we're comfortable beating the crap out of them. And three, you know, we stay in the West Coast, right? Yeah. Travel time is reduced. Reduced. So I think the Rams would be the number one um, team we want to face. And then two, I don't know, who, which other team do you think? we want to face out there i mean there's only other choices bucks right so <laughs> yeah so it's going to be the bucks would you do would you rather see the bucks or green bay you know in the next round i think the i think green bay is probably the best matchup for us or you mean the rams right the rams are the bucks yeah in the next round yeah and Rams can defend the run. Yeah, I agree. That's, I think, why we always have advantage of them. Anyways, not, let's not look too far ahead because we do have to beat Green Bay to get there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's just people are starting talking about that, which I thought was interesting. So, All right. Should we move on to some basketball stuff here? Let's do it. So the Warriors, you know, our team out here in the Bay, you know, they've been kind of on a losing streak. Uh, this past couple weeks. It's, I think it's a combination of Draymond Green being out, um, Curry being out um, here. But, you know, we would think that with Clay returning, the Warriors would, you know, come back and, and start winning some games, but it really hasn't been the case. Do you see some concerns with this current losing streak and their inconsistent play? Man, you know, I'm just so glad we started so strong and built some capital to afford to lose some games. Because, and also that, like you said, those injuries happen. At least they happen now. You know, not at the end of the season mm-hmm. where it can be a little bit more devastating when you're trying to make a final push for the playoffs. So hopefully, we can get this losing streak out of our system and the injury bug out of our system, and then kind of finish strong in the second half of the season. But I mean, a little concerning, right? Because the team, you know, seems to lose its edge a little bit, but we're still pretty early in the season. So I think we can still bounce back and recover. And thankfully, Clay's kind of getting some minutes in there and hopefully, you know, gelling with guys that he hasn't played with. You know, I think that's the main goal, I think, of the first half of having Clay back is, is being able to do that, you know, being able to have time with this unit out there learning Jordan Poole or Wiggins and things like that. So, I mean, are you concerned now? I feel like, you know, you, I think you we're have about, the pulse of these teams. So. Yeah, I think we're, we're about three games um, off the loss column um, against the Suns here. And I, I think the Suns will probably run away with, the be- with a better record. And I think the Warriors, their main concern is, one, being healthy at the end of the season, right? And then, two, is being within the top three seed in the in the west mm-hmm. here so that means you know they win i don't know 58 games instead of 60 ish games for this season i think i'll take that right and try to get healthy um, try to get wiseman back for the stretch run um here and 
and then just just lean on your top three guys, you know, with Draymond, Curry, and Clay. Yeah, I think we learned from that 73-win season that it's not about winning every single game in a regular season. It's about getting hot at the right time and getting yeah. guys healthy at the right time, right? And was G makes a good point here. It's a great for development of Kaminga, right? And all the young guys, I think, just getting those minutes in there and being able to, you know, get get used to the NBA and then hopefully when we make the playoff run that they're they're have that experience and minutes under their belt. So yeah, that's a great comment there about Kaminga because everyone could see the talent and the athleticism, but the main thing about Kaminga is his energy levels and it's very inconsistent. It's why Kerr's pretty upset about him throughout the season here. He doesn't hustle mm-hmm. um, during all the plays. Um, here he gives up. But then you see that New York game when we end up beating them by like 50. Yeah. He, he was a, he was like one of the best players on the floor. And, mm-hmm. you know, Kerr's mentioned he wants him to be more like Sean Marion out there, meaning, you know, hustle every every play, you know, run every at every second you get and that's how sean marion became an all-star so right we'll see i mean he's developed a guy like into like sean marion and that'll be awesome right that'll be a huge asset to the team so we'll see how it goes i mean sean marion is close is kind of a close uh hall of fame you know invitee at this point (laughs) he's that he's he's close to it you know iguodala I think is a, is a Hall of Fame guy. Sean Marion is is fringe worthy, you know, fringe uh, Hall of Fame. But mm. uh, yeah, I think the development of the Warriors will be key uh, this season. Here, I'm interested to see how Moody's going to do too, because mm. he's been tearing mm. up the D League there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, at least uh, there are young guys to talk about that are exciting. <laughs> this team, you know, so I think in previous seasons we we haven't really had that chance. I think what James Wiseman was like our first for a while, you know. So, so yeah. I don't, uh, overall, don't think I'm too concerned for the Warriors. Kind of have to stick with one game at a time type of you know scenario stereotype, but you know it's, it's kind of true. <laughs> it's a stereotype. It's still too early, right? Don't try to panic. Um, rest your guys. Um, here and take it one week, one game at a time. That's always the model, right? <laughs> I know. I hate, no, I hate that saying overall. It's like, I think that and next man up are like the worst <laughs> sayings. Like, next man up, of course, you're going to be worse because your guy gets hurt, right? No matter yeah. what you can say for next man up, it's like such a lie. And then one game at a time, of course, we're going to take it two games at a time. You know, like, yeah, one of these anyway. episodes, <laughs> one of these episodes, we're going to talk about our most like, cringe-worthy um, slogans you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and kind of compare them side by side. Here. There's a lot of them, man. There's a lot of them. Like, even and sometimes I always laugh, you know. It's like, it's a game of inches. It's like, okay, yeah. Can we say centimeters? Or, like, you know, obviously it's a game of inches. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. moving on <laughs> to the baseball stuff here. So it looks like uh, it's been a slow, slow off-season um you know talking about the labor dispute i don't know well, if there's going to be i don't know if spring training is going to start in time here i don't think it's going to happen right well you know like overall it was a good sign that the league made an offer out they proposed an offer to the players union and now yeah. they're just waiting for a response like a rebuttal 
which they knew was coming, right? So they probably like low balled whatever offer they made and they're going to kind of settle in the middle. If we start seeing the players union put back a counter offer, then that's a good sign, right? That means they're getting closer to the middle. Um, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> you know, I think at this point, there is definitely a risk to miss spring training. So, and I just can't believe MLB let it happen. You know, at least let, let it happen so close like this. You know, it shouldn't even be a lockout to begin with. They could avoid it, I think. But, but who knows? You know, we'll see. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that's happened now as opposed to it happening in the middle of the season, like 1994. Oh, yeah. Where right. the lockout happened, I believe, in August and it, basically wiped out the rest of the season there was no playoffs no champion nothing right oh, really? so that was, was there like replacement me. players then or no i guess i don't not, think right? i don't think there were you know there was just no baseball and a lot of <laughs> fans a lot of fans left the game because of it for a long time mm, yeah no that's good that's not there at least but still not ideal <laughs> yeah our boy, Melky Cabrera, has retired after 15 years in baseball here. 2012, you know, batting champion on his way to being a batting champion. All-star. He was in the all-star game, right? <laughs> he had a home run in that all-star game, too. He did. He did. I mean, that velocity is unbeatable, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's almost like he had some extra juice into that ball, you know? <laughs> You know, it was but, kind of surprising to see that news that he just retired because when I look it up, he's been out of the game since like 2019, right? Yeah, so. I know. That's why it was newsworthy because I was like, is this guy still in the lead? I had to look it up too, but it seems like he's two years retired already, but officially announcing it. I mean, is there any fond memories of this guy? I think we could have used him in the playoffs, and but we still end up winning the World Series without him, right? So I think the biggest thing was the steroid scandal that happened with them. That, yeah, so I just bad, found right? it pretty amazing the Giants ended up winning it all after <laughs> yeah, that happened. Without him, right? Without him. <laughs> yeah, and how they just kind of plugged players into that spot in left field, Yeah, right? Uh, that was pretty amazing. Um, but I thought that his performance, you know, helped the Giants record-wise, mm-hmm. you know, get them through the regular season um, there, so... I mean, uh, we clinch a playoff. That. We clinch a playoff berth, right? With uh, before you got suspended, I think, right? Wasn't it right before we clinched a playoff spot? Then, then he got suspended, and that's where we had to do a whole playoffs without him, right? Yeah, he played a big. He played a lot of regular season games for us there, yeah. and then yeah, I think he got suspended right before the playoffs started, so he didn't even yeah. get to play. Um, but you know, the good thing is we had. Um, we have the NL MVP in Buster Posey, right? That was in 2012. Right. So it goes to show that that team was really more on pitching. You know, I think losing a pitch hitter versus losing your best batter, you'd rather lose the best batter in this case, right? So, yeah, that was a pretty crazy year because you had Posey coming back from that 2011 injury. Right. You had Lincecum being kind of sent to the bullpen. Right mm-hmm. in 2012, there and he was kind of he started to lose it that season, so you kind of had to really lean on Matt Kane and Bum and Bumgarner and some mm-hmm. of these guys. Ryan Vogelson stepped up in that season, right. 
So that was a pretty crazy season because it relied on starting pitching and their bullpen was pretty lights out throughout the stretch run. Yeah, man. And we were able to sweep Tigers. That was a huge series to win, you know. <laughs> Tigers were pretty good that season. So. Yeah, I mean, the Tigers, they had to rest for like almost a week. And that oh, kind of blew right. their momentum. <laughs> so I think resting too much in baseball is very detrimental, right? Yeah. As opposed to football, you, you'll take that three-week rest. Oh, hell you'll yeah. take you that want, two to three you want week the rest, rest right? all day. recovery, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But baseball relies so much on like timing, you know, hand-eye coordination that you really need to be playing that game almost every day to be effective in it. Stay warm, right? Kind of. Yeah. Know. All right. Move on to picks. Let's, Let's do it. Picks. All right. Let's start off with the Warriors first. Um, so Warriors are playing the Pistons tonight at home. No surprise. The Warriors are favored by 15 and a half. Ooh. Pretty big line. <laughs> Curry's coming back. I think that's also notable. Over under is 218. What do you have here? Gosh, that's such a huge line. 15 and <laughs> no. a half. I'm going to go with the under, but I'm going to go with the Warriors winning. And yeah, I'm going to go with the under 218 here. I think uh, it's a Tuesday night game. I know the Warriors just lost against the Timberwolves and they want to bounce back here. But, you know, without Draymond, uh, without some of their key players, I think the Warriors. I think they're going to keep the Pistons in the game a little bit here, probably around 10 points. So I'm going to pick the under here, negative 15 and a half. What about you, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on the over-under. I think I'm going to take the under on 218. It just seems like the Warriors are fizzing a little bit on the scoring. I don't trust the Pistons to score as much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why the line's so big. But, man, 15 and a half. I don't trust the Warriors right now to put up a huge score as well. You know? So I think for me, I'll take the Warriors winning, but Pistons plus 15 and a half. You know, I think that's a huge line. We probably will win by double digits, but 15 seems, seems a bit much for me. So, so Pistons plus 15 and a half for me. All right, let's move on to the game of the week for the Bay Area. You know? The Niners versus the Packers in Green Bay. The line was originally three and a half when it opened, which is basically a pick because, you know, the home team always get three. But it moved to five and a half now. So the Niners are underdogs at five and a half. But it implies there was a lot of action on the Packers for people to take that, you know. And the over-under is 47 and a half. Uh, what do you have, Mike? Oh, man, this is tough. I like the three-and-a-half action a lot better than the five-and-a-half here. But if I was to pick, I would probably pick the Niners in this game at five-and-a-half. I think they're going to keep it close. With the over-under 47-and-a-half, I think I'm going to pick the under here because I think the weather conditions will make this a little bit more low-scoring for both teams. And I, I just think the Niners are going to try to run the ball a lot, especially with Jimmy being hurt with a, with a shoulder sprain and with an injured thumb here. So I think they're going to lean hard, very hard towards the run. They're going to try the ball control a lot here. And I just think our cornerbacks are a whole lot improved 
right, to prevent Green Bay from really scoring a lot of touchdowns. So I'm going to pick the 49ers and the under. What about you? You know, I, as you're talking through that, I'm almost convincing myself to take the under <laughs> as well. Because I'm like, man, Mike makes a lot of good points here. <laughs> but I think I'm going to take the under. And the reason why is I don't think the weather is a big factor. Cold versus rainy or windy is a little bit different. I think cold, from what I'm reading in a lot of podcasts I'm listening to, cold doesn't make a huge difference. It's miserable out there, but you're still going to stick to your game plan. He's still the pass is not going to be affected. You know, you can still catch and all that stuff. You know, it's not going to be icy cold, right? It's not in the mm-hmm. negatives. It's going to be still like within the positives, those single digit positives. So I think I agree with you. It's going to be a little bit factor, but not huge. I think both teams might have to get done in the air. You know, um, mainly because I think the secondary for the Packers aren't good. So I think Jimmy G will have to air it out a few times, especially if we get behind. So I think that implies that we're going to do a lot of hurry-ups, a lot of things to try to score rather than running out the ball, but I could be wrong. So I think the over-under, though, I'm going to go with the over here. I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, as far as the pick goes, that's a little bit tougher. I think I agree with you that, man, it's going to be probably pretty close, but then it's in Lambeau, so that's you know my thought process there. And then all the actions on the Packers as well, you know, and line movement doesn't really lie sometimes, you know, a lot of time line movement is what it is, right? But, you know, screw it, going for the Niners, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Niners have a good chance, mainly because we played them so well in week three, we know what they're trying to do, right? There's no surprises on what, what their game plan is going to be out there. And I think it comes down to stopping Devontae Adams. Can we stop Devontae Adams if we can? And then they have to rely on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I think we have a good shot there, you know, because our, our linebacking core is, you know, nine players deep, right? Yeah. So even without Bosa there, I think, you know, we didn't really talk about Charlie, uh, what was it, Charles U- Usman? Um, but that guy really stepped it up when Bosa went down, right? A great acquisition from the Texans. So we can keep them in check here. So I think the Niners, Niners. Yeah, my good. question, I guess, to you is do the Niners do the Niners want to go pass heavy, right? Do they want to air it out? And I just don't think they want to. They might not have a choice, man. That's the problem, you know, because I feel like we're going to get down early, which, you know, notoriously we've always been kind of bad, except for this last game. Right, this last game was opposite. We started out really strong and then fizzled out. But notoriously, we've always started slow. So I think we might be playing from behind in this game, dude. So I think that's what's making me lean towards towards it over because I don't think we have a choice potentially. Right. So I um, I guess I see it a little differently. I think the 49ers may come up a little strong in this game. I think they're going to establish those first scripted 15 plays and try to control the tempo. Um, here and it could be very much like 10 nothing Niners to start this game and then maybe the Packers have to air it out right yeah. to come back so it could either go either way, way though I think it either way exactly and that's why I think the over is a good pick here right because it could yeah I think one side's gonna really take it and then people have to air it out and come back you know so I don't think it's gonna be as as a uh, low scoring you know and then 
Uh, what's up, G says Packers are seven six in the last twenty years in Lambo in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think they're undefeated at home during the regular season too. So the definitely gonna be an uphill battle here at Lambo. You know, like speaking of Lambo, I mean that's one of my bucket list items is actually go Lambo. Did you know they still have bleacher seats there? Like, that's one of the last items I do that. It's uh, pretty, well, that, pretty cool. well the last comment indicated that the Packers are seven and six. So the, yeah. the Packers are definitely beatable in the playoffs at Lambeau Field. They are, yeah. It's definitely not what it used to be when Brett Favre was playing in the 90s where you basically go there and you have no chance. Right. And okay. teams see. have a chance. They definitely have a chance going into Lambeau Field. It's definitely not that same home field advantage, you know, that they, um, that they liked uh, before. So – at the same yeah. time, it's very tough to play in, in very cold weather um, here. So I think yep. the Packers have a slight advantage just because they're very accustomed to it. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, they're undefeated at home this season, right? I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's like, yeah. obviously, they play really well. <laughs> but playoffs is a different game, you know? And, it, and I think the Niners is a great road team, right? So that's kind of... Uh, uh, thing going for us as well. Uh, we we really travel pretty well to the East Coast, so that gives us a little bit of edge. But overall, you know what? I'm glad we're having this conversation, and hopefully next week we'll have a conversation about you know the NFC Championship. So pretty exciting stuff, man. Pretty exciting stuff. And you know we didn't really talk too much about the AFC, but I guess what do you think overall on the AFC side? <laughs> I think we talk a lot about the AFC, but. Did you watch any of those games? Like, yeah, yeah. I thought it was pretty disappointing to watch the Pittsburgh game against Kansas City. How Ben Roethlisberger just his final game, you know, that kind of Slay. game shows up. Yeah, they get blown out, blown out of the water here. And then the Bills game, gosh, the, the Patriots really had no chance. Oh, and Josh gosh. Allen basically had his basically you know, was able to throw everywhere, five touchdowns, no interceptions here, basically good, a, a flawless game at, you know, from his standpoint. Um, so, uh, you know, AFC would be interesting if the Bills, Chiefs, you know, if they face each other here. But yeah. what's up, Bills, G says uh, Bills were built to beat KC. Good yeah. point. That's the team to beat, right? The team that made it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Always a team to beat, man. So, yeah, I thought KC didn't even look that great, but then the Steelers just was really bad. <laughs> they were just horrible in that game that that KC was able to hang in there. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills beat KC. Um, I think the Bengals game, I think we captured, we talked out a little bit about that with the Raiders game. Um, you know, there was some refing that people were talking about but overall you know what we're not gonna see that refing crew for the rest of the playoffs so mm -hmm. it is what it is there i think raider fans are always disappointed by one or two plays and this one may be rightfully slow but it is what it is right so i think that's another saying yeah it is what it is <laughs> well it's going to be but yeah the titans i'll be interested to see if the Bengals can upset the titans that'll be kind of cool you know um that's going to be a pretty good matchup and then i think on the nfc side we didn't really talk about la versus the bucks but man tristan worth being hurt that's huge you know losing your left tackle there that's yeah. that's gonna be a big thing and their center was a little bit shaky too i think the center came back in the middle of the game for the bucks but 
you know, one of the things that made Tom Brady great is the fact he has a great offensive line always. You know, I feel like he picks the best offensive line for the team that you want to play for. You know, so yeah, you know, obviously the Bucks. I think at the time when he was a free agent, had one of the better ones, and then he got better with the with the draft. You know, so without that line, I think the Rams might have a little bit of edge. Yeah, you make some good points there, and can't wait to watch it this coming Saturday. It's gonna it's gonna be some pretty good football, better than the first round, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I think every matchup is interesting to me. You know, I think this week we're not gonna get a lot of blowouts. Hopefully, you know, maybe one or two, um, but we'll see. But mm-hmm. you know, four games that's pretty good. Fifty percent versus what was it this weekend? It's like oh, almost eighty percent blowout. So yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. You know, this is the best time of year for football. So, All right. Let's uh, go through our shout outs. Yeah. Mainly two people as always. What's up G. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Jeannie Lou, thank you always for your comments and, you know, feel free to leave comments as you guys are viewing our live stream. Love to hear from you and, you know, hit me up on Twitter. If you want to jump in real quick and talk five or 10 minutes, kind of like what, just the West did this week and what, um, you know, Dr. Panya did last week. Uh, we love to have guests on for a quick shout, you know, and then, yeah, love to hear from you. Yeah. What great, what's great about it is low, low, uh, time commitment, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we don't ask for an hour of your time or preparation, just call in, you know, we will have a good time, you know, chatting it up about what happened, um, this past week here. And then you get to go on th- throughout your day. Go back to work if you need to. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening here. We will tune in next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the MJ Sportscast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MJ Sportscast at Mike 408 at Mind of Jerry 11. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.